0: flushcarecom slash weight
1: This is internet marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility. at sitevisibility.co.uk. This is internet marketing. Now before we start today, Site Visibility have recently uh, released their 2020 PPC automation guide. It's completely free to download and it's going to help you to get started with each of the new automation settings in Google Ads. So this includes smart bidding, responsive ad testing, dynamic ad search dynamic search and some more the best way to accelerate your ppc growth in 2020 is to start planning today so download your guide for free from bitly that's bit.ly slash ppc dash automation dash guide now today i'm joined by carlos gill entrepreneur keynote speaker author social media consultant brand storyteller and owner at gill media carlos thanks for coming on how are you
0: Andy, I'm fabulous considering the circumstances. Uh, Thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, speak to you and reach your audience today. Oh, it's
1: an absolute pleasure.
0: Uh, You're in, is it North Carolina? Uh, Well, I live in Florida, but I'm currently waiting things out here in North Carolina, yes.
1: Yeah, I've never been there, but I hear it's lovely. So let's start off. Tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, Carlos, a little bit about Gil Media.
0: Yeah, so Gil Media is a uh, digital marketing agency that I started in 2017. To go uh, several years before that, I started working in social media marketing in 2008 as a result of a job loss. So I lost my job in the banking industry in November of 2008 to be exact. And the same, around the same time that I lost my job, Uh, I decided instead of pursuing another job in banking or financial services, that I would start up an online job board to help others find work. Now, mind you, uh, back then, to paint a picture for you, the economy wasn't very good. There was the recession in the United States. There were hundreds of thousands of Americans losing their jobs also at the same time, mm. so I needed to find ways in order to connect job seekers with those companies that were recruiting, outside of just creating a job board to compete with the likes of Monster and CareerBuilder. And I found that organizing events in person, which I went on to call Pink Slip Parties, was going to be a way for me to create momentum around my new business and create a following and also generate revenue. Uh, well, the reality is that at 25 years old, I knew nothing about running a business. I knew nothing about marketing as I do now. And uh, when you're in the trenches with no marketing budget uh, and you're a team of one, you need to figure things out. So I turned to social media as a way to network and rebrand myself. And through that process, I learned firsthand about building community, building a brand connecting with recruiters, connecting with with news media as well. And to be candid with you, the first year that I was in business, I made no money. It was a really, really rough period for me personally. But professionally speaking, I, I started to acquire all this knowledge. Mm. And it's that knowledge that carried me on through the recession into eventually working uh, in corporate marketing. I, w- I was hired by a few different companies to run social media for them, one of them being LinkedIn Uh, which I know your audience probably has heard of LinkedIn before. And once I started working at a corporate level doing social media, I started learning so much more about the ins and outs um, of everything that goes into building a community as a brand and measuring the ROI of all your different activities. And I started speaking on stages around the world about storytelling and really humanizing your brand. So for the longest time I knew I wanted to write a book. Well, first of all, before I talk about the book, for the longest time, I knew eventually I was going to parlay my experience working in corporate marketing into working for myself. Yeah. And that happened organically because I would speak on stages at different conferences. And marketing executives would come up to me and ask me, hey, do you consult? Uh, can you take on any side work? So eventually I started taking on a little bit of side work, you know, side hustling as we call it here in the States. The side hustle income that I was generating – I stashed it aside for a rainy day and then when I decided, you know, it's time for me to go go all in on working for myself, which is in 2017, I decided I'm gonna start up a social media marketing agency. It's gonna be called Gil Media, really simple name. And our focus is gonna be only really on a few key services, and one of them being community management. Um, which for those aren't necessarily familiar with what community management is, it's managing all the back end response infrastructure for brands online. Um, So managing everything from customer service, complaints, inquiries, you name it. Content marketing being another key function of the agency. So that's creating video content, graphic design elements, And then the third pillar, if you will, is consulting. So there are companies that we work with that have us do everything from just review their existing strategy to provide recommendations to working with companies on completely revitalizing their social media strategy and in many cases rolling out new initiatives like employee advocacy. Now, aside from the digital marketing agency that I started, I also decided, you know what, at some point I should probably write a book that teaches marketers the ways of social media marketing because there's this misconception at a corporate level. And I think even like in the small to medium business community, I think there's this misconception that marketers and business operators and anyone that uses social media assumes that just by having a presence on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram, that all these people are just going to magically appear and want to do business with you. And that's so much further from the truth. Mm. And it doesn't work like that whatsoever. Social media can be very easy to manipulate and and eventually you can leverage it to grow your business. But at the same time, it's also very difficult because it's noisy. I refer to social media as a noisy digital ocean. And you have so many different brands competing for attention and the digital market share. You have people that are also competing for attention in digital market share. So when you take all the noise that's being created every single second of the day from not just brands but also from people, we're all kind of competing with each other and cannibalizing a very limited uh, amount of attention. So I decided to write a book. That book was published at the end of 2019. It's called The End of Marketing. I worked with Kogan Page Publishing there in the UK. And the whole premise of The End of Marketing, Andy, is that if you intend on standing out in this noisy digital sea of content, and if you intend on surviving what I – refer to in the book as the AI apocalypse that's going to be forthcoming, you need to find ways to humanize your brand through, through people, whether it's customers or employees, um, even the C-suite, you need to start humanizing your brand through people. And that can be done in a magnitude of ways that I share in the book. Um, the reality is this, people do not go online today with the intent of being sold to, unless they're directly going to Amazon or to a retailer. When people go on social media, they're not going there to look for brand content. They're not going there to sniff out Facebook ads or Twitter ads. They're going because they want to socialize, which is the key word in social media. It's social. They're going there because they want to engage with their friends. And the least thing that they want to do is hear brand pitch, but yet brands are under constant scrutiny in order to drive ROI for their social media marketing efforts. So the book's been out now for a few months. It's been very well received. Uh, the feedback that I, I've read from others that have shared with me is it's a, very, it's a very easy read. And what they like about the book is that I go pretty deep into the tactics, but yet I don't overcomplicate it. Like I actually describe, here's how you can get the most out of Facebook. Here are actual real tips that you can do to grow your presence on whether it's Facebook or Twitter or YouTube. Here's how to go off and just do it.
1: It's interesting. You you mentioned about using people to... We mentioned the AI apocalypse, which I'd love to talk about, but we, we may not have time. We, we'll, we'll perhaps try and touch on that very, very briefly. But you mentioned about personalising messages, well, using people to sort of help to get your message across. I want to talk about that. But before we just go there... I hear that you're not a massive fan of influencer marketing. Would that be fair to say?
0: You know, it, yes and no. I have a love hate relationship with influencer marketing. And first of all, I uh, part of my revenue is actually generated from working directly with brands and doing brand deals um, with sponsored content. So I wouldn't necessarily say that I have a, a dislike all you know altogether for it, but. What I do think influencer marketing is, and I refer to this in the book, is a lazy way of of marketing. Mm. And the reason why it's a lazy way of marketing and in some cases highly ineffective for brands that work with influencers is because oftentimes influencer marketing content um, is intended to be a band-aid. And the way it works is this. If you work for, let's say, Coca-Cola and you hire me to promote your brand – in that moment in time, I promote your brand, you're going to see a spike in traffic based on the transaction that we did. It doesn't mean that I'm a loyal customer of your company. It doesn't mean that I even enjoy drinking Coca-Cola, but you cut me a check. And as a result of you cutting me that check, I'm going to promote you to my audience, but it's, it's very much inauthentic. And again, the brand itself sees a very temporary spike in, in, in traffic. Instead, what, companies should be doing is tapping into who the real influencers are and even in some cases develop your own influencers from within. So an example of that is customers. And we often refer to employee advocacy as this phenomenon that's limited to employees, but we we lose sight of customer advocacy. Mm. If a customer of yours is already speaking about you on social media, meaning they had a great experience with your brand, or even if they had a not so good experience with your brand, if someone is talking about your brand in general, and assuming that they purchased a product from you, they're a customer. And if they're advocating for you online, good, better, and different, that's an opportunity for you as a brand marketer to engage back with them. And if you're not engaging, then you're really missing a premium opportunity. So the first kind of step that I, that I encourage brands out there is to do a much better job listening and pay attention to what's being said about them, their competition, and um, even their industry. And by listening Close enough and paying attention, instead of expecting people to come to you, you actually go to them and now you can identify well who's influential it's talking about business travel, who's influential on in social media, it's talking about insurance. And then you can go actually engage with them and have a have a real conversation and over time leverage their influence through the relationship that you're able to build. The flip side is you got employees. That work at companies which are already using social media and in some cases are speaking about their employer, but their employer is not speaking back. Their employer is not sharing that content out. So, again, I'm not necessarily someone that dislikes social media or dislikes influencer marketing altogether, but what I do dislike is brands lazily hiring an influencer just to promote them when that influencer has never even mentioned their brand before. Mm. And instead, they could be much more effective engaging their own employees and customers, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: and Airbnb, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash/host. Going on to specific, uh, sort of strategies, sort of moving forward in 2020, social media would be the context here. I mean, tell us about another. You've spoken about um, setting up private messaging groups on WhatsApp and Slack, haven't you? Tell us a bit more about that.
0: You know, I think that the the future of marketing in general when it comes to digital mediums like social media, and I think we're even starting to see this now kind of in this uh, COVID-19 era that we're in, is going to be more privatized communication. It's going to be more smaller, close-knit networks, whether it's private groups on Facebook, whether it's using Slack or WhatsApp, WhatsApp channels. I think the model of one-to-many marketing is one that marketers... Tried um, and hit over the head enough times to realize that it doesn't really work that way. Mm. And I'll give you an example. I will field calls from CMOs who will say to me, Carlos, we have a million followers on Facebook, but we see very little engagement. And then when I look under the hood and I see exactly what their engagement is looking like, let's just say they have a million followers or a million likes but they get nine engagements on average per post. Mm. And then when I let that CMO know, you really don't have a million followers or a million likes, you have like nine. There's like actual nine people that every time you post care about your brand. Yeah. And who are those nine people? Do you know anything about them? And then they say, no, we really don't. We're just focusing on the big numbers. We're focusing on the activity. And you see, that's, that's the problem of the state of marketing today. Is that somewhere along the lines, marketers thought that they need to post a set number of times per day on each social network in order to stay relevant regardless of of the quality of their content, regardless if their content even reads well, regardless if it's getting engagement. And that's why… On the flip side, you hear so many complaints about the algorithms and low engagement and that social media is no longer you know, free and that's a pay-to-play game. The reality is that it's always been pay-to-play. It's always been the brands that are taking the most time to truly build community, pay attention to what's being said, and engage with their audience are going to be the ones that win. Nothing's really changed. Uh, but again, w- what we're referring to with private communities um, is the opportunities there that if you start paying attention to who your most engaged fans are, I like to call them super fans, it might just be five people. And those five people, imagine if you get all of them into a hangout together, you get all of them into a Slack channel And now they have direct dialogue to communicate with your executives. They have direct dialogue to communicate with your marketing team. You can very quickly take social media followers or customers of your brand and you can create your own focus groups. Or better yet, whenever you have an important update that you want to share with the masses, those are going to be the first people that you can share that content with. And then they can share that content out on their network. So now you just went from having one or two corporate social channels so you can essentially multiply your reach just by leveraging your super fans in that way.
1: Tell us your thoughts on um, using Twitter, things like Twitter and Instagram as a sort of a search engine to sort of find real customers. What are your thoughts there?
0: Yeah, so uh, oftentimes we think of these social networks as content marketing hubs. And in reality, what they are is... Search engines and I, I like Twitter and Instagram. And I use this as an example because I think that they are real time search engines that you can instantly find customers just running the right searches. Mm. So I'll give you an example. If you are a real estate agent and you're trying to find new business, you can go on Twitter right now and you can type moving to and insert the name of the city where you sell real estate. Um, you can go on Instagram and you can type in hashtag. Your city name, homes, and you can see a real time list of people who are posting uh, content related to homes in the city. Where you do real estate. Uh, you know, it, it's easy, but yet it requires work and it requires patience. Mm. Um, I was at a conference recently in Canada and I spoke with a real estate agent who's active in Calgary. And I suggested to her what you should be doing every single day is look at the Calgary airport on Instagram. And every single person that checks in at the Calgary airport and posts photos, which it's a busy airport and, you know, people are going to be coming in every single day and they're going to be sharing content. Engage with every single one of those people. Now, granted, you're going to have people that are visiting like me and they aren't coming to Calgary with the intent of buying a home. But you reaching out to them and engaging in conversation, saying, hey, Carlos, welcome to Calgary. I'm a local real estate agent. If there's any questions I can answer for you while you're here, let me know. That in itself is a form of business development. And that in itself is how you build community one by one. Yeah. Because again, I might not necessarily be in the market for a home, but the next person might be interested in investing in real estate right, in that city. So that's just one example. Another is if let's just say you're a real estate agent there in London. You can look at various locations in London where locals would post content and same principles apply. You can engage with those individuals, and you're not going to right hook them right out of the gate by saying, hey, I'm a real estate agent locally, and if you're interested in buying a house, here's my website. Go to it. No. The process of selling online, unfortunately, does take long because when you build a relationship with someone. You're not instantly going to do business with them, and I compare oftentimes social media marketing and sales very similar to dating, and I use this analogy in the book as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the easiest way for me to describe it is like this: You know, if I go to a bar and I find a mate, there's a process involved in courting that person, right? Typically, we get to know each other. There's a couple dates involved, a few few dates, and then you know, ultimately we hook up. Right, we we close the deal. That's the transaction, and the same principles apply. No different in social media marketing.
1: So, one last question: What do you think um, our listeners should be thinking about as they sort of? I know we're, we're going through very strange times at the moment, but what do you think they should be thinking about looking forward into twenty twenty in their social media strategy?
0: Well, you know, the the world is very different today than it was at the beginning of twenty twenty. So, uh, the irony in all this is that in spite of what's happened with coronavirus and stay at home orders, I have people that are reaching out to me that have read the end of marketing and they're like, dude, did you, did you write this for a coronavirus era? Mm -hmm. Because now that many people are forced to stay indoors now that people are working from home, they're being forced to, for the first time in some cases, show their faces Go on Zoom, go on Instagram Live, go on Facebook Live. And all of this technology, if you will, which was once foreign to countless people, now they're having to use every single day. Personal branding now is significantly more important than it was at the beginning of this year. And I think going forward, your personal brand will be your resume. Your personal brand will be how you sell. It will be your business card because the reality is that people today... They don't want to be sold to. They want to be engaged. And mm-hmm. social media gives us all this opportunity that with a couple clicks, we can instantly be live. We can instantly share you know, ourselves from anywhere in the world. And I think, again, going forward, social media is going to be less about the uh, one-to-many marketing model. And it's going to be more about one-to-one. It's going to be about less about the big numbers and having millions of followers. And it's going to be more about having a smaller, tight-knit circle of advocates.
1: Carlos, thanks so much for coming on. How can our listeners find out more about you, more about your book, and more about Gill Media?
0: Well, first of all, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And thank you again, Andy, for the opportunity. If you want to connect with me, I invite you to follow me at CarlosGill83 on Twitter as well as on Instagram. I'm really active on both of those channels. And if you want to get a copy of The End of Marketing, be sure to go to endofmarketingbook.com.
1: Thank you very much. And thanks for listening, everyone. The show notes will be in the usual place, sitevisibility.co.uk slash impodcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a fab review. That would be great. Questions and suggestions, the email is podcasts at sitevisibility.co.uk. You can tweet at sitevisibility. Remember that we have a site visibility group on LinkedIn. So that's all from me, Andy. And thanks for coming on again, Carlos.
0: Thank you so much for the opportunity once
1: again, Andy. Absolute pleasure. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing.